0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Spark Your Fire. Uh, we're back on another a, a property segment show here. Uh, I'm your host, David Shee, And uh, today we've got a, another up, exciting uh, market update for Melbourne. We haven't had our lovely guests. If you've been tuning in, you would have known Andrew Nguyen, uh from Aurora Estate Agents. He's been with us uh, for quite a while now, basically, you know, being, be uh, giving us very, very precious and valuable on the ground updates in terms of what's been happening in Melbourne. And I thought since last time, it's been, I reckon it's been over a year, actually. Uh, I think it's
1: before COVID, mate, to be
0: honest with you. Yeah, yeah. It's so <laughs> so a like, year now. <laughs> it, feels like, it feels like forever. I mean, that's just, just the thing, right? Like when you have COVID, it's just, I think time just flies by. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so unfortunately. Um, it's true anyway. they say about long COVID, huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is indeed mate it is indeed welcome back to the show mate thank you
1: pleasure to be back how are you doing are you good at the moment yeah good mate good i mean we obviously went through COVID. that was a bit of up and down and then we went through this amazing market that no one predicted mm. uh actually the opposite of whatever predicted for the last sort of twelve months and now uh, it's just coming down that like roller coaster again so yeah peaks and troughs and uh yeah, melbourne's dog's still doing pretty well
0: did the, um, did the COVID uh, lockdown, which I know you guys had a, had a long duration of lockdown, had it impacted on the actual property prices. actually gone up or gone down?
1: <laughs> well, during COVID, it probably went down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and then everyone started getting used to the virtual auctions and the virtual inspections. And then we, we sold a few properties sight unseen, uh, which I, I wouldn't do personally. But yeah. there were buyers out there who were willing to buy a property sight unseen, which was great. Uh, for, for the industry uh, and then as we came out of that um, that final lockdown the lockdown was meant to last 2 weeks which actually lasted 3 months <laughs> uh, we, we came out of that lockdown and the markets went boom like it was absolutely bananas like, I remember mm um we had a we had a, a vendor who was pretty keen to sell because she was moving to queensland which is what most of our vendors decided to do during COVID. move to queensland <laughs> um there was i remember mean, it was the second of january after after the the new year yeah, they, yeah. we had i think 110 buyers uh at that property 20 offers and sold it $60,000 over the range. And like, wow. what the hell is happening? And that was just the trend that was going on all through that year. So um, it just came out of nowhere, mate, to be honest with you. I think people just saved a lot of money during COVID and they decided they, they wanted to buy a house.
0: But nowhere else to live, got a cramped house. They go, where else can I spend my money? I want bigger spaces now. I've got kids that's running around. Mm-hmm. I can't work in the same rooms. So I need bigger rooms, yeah. right? So you're seeing a trend that basically even now, people are still seeking for bigger, bigger houses. Upgrading mm, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, working from home is obviously a, a big option now. Yeah. And I guess where, where we 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 work in, in sort of out of southeast Melbourne, yeah. where you can buy a bigger home for, for not as, you know, for, for the same price as a smaller home sort of in and towards the city. Mm. Um, that demand for that sort of four-bedroom, two-bedroom, you know, three-living area home with a rumpus with a big backyard, it's still a great demand. And I think that's part of the reason why prices around this area anyway have shot up uh quite
0: significantly. Mm. Have you noticed any changes in terms of that trend in the last three months ever since RBA has announced the interest rate increases, the cash rate increases?
1: Uh, yeah, well, definitely um, after the first interest rate rise, I think that's 25 basis points. 25 basis uh, points, yeah. We, we definitely noticed a small shift. Um, and then subsequently with that 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 you know, that 50% basis point rise, that was a bigger shift. So mm. if you ask me, you know, are there are there fewer buyers in the market? The answer is yes. Um, subsequently, it means we're getting less offers. Yeah, But I think the prices are still reasonably the same. Like we find the, the good properties are the ones that don't need too much repair. Um, they've got good friendly floor plans. They've got, you know, it's a, a sizable uh, block of land. What I mean by that is, you know, five to 700 square meters with yeah. the backyard. Mm-hmm. They're still selling. Um, they might not sell within the first week, but they're selling within two to three weeks. So, um, so I'm, I'm not that concerned with the market at the moment. I think, you know, if if people have a good agent, have a good marketing and importantly, they've got their properties presented really, really well. I don't think right now there's any cause for concern. Mm. But yeah, that, that might change in two, three months, in four months. I think the market, sure. yes, sure. We've got a changing landscape and it's 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 pretty fickle. So um, you know, that that crash that people are predicting may come
0: sooner rather than later, but I'm I'm not that concerned. I, I don't see it yet. So at the moment, what you're saying is the days on market has increased. In other words, it's taking longer to sell. The offers are a lot more conservative. In other words, people just don't go, i sing it the first weekend. I want to put an offer yeah. straight away. They would now yeah. kind of go, let me go away and do my due diligence, which is yeah. in line with what they're saying. The, the sentiment has changed from fear of missing out to fear of overpaying to a degree, isn't it? In that sense. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly it. But
1: if, look, David, again, it, does, it doesn't mean that you can't get a good price in this market. Yeah. Like yeah, absolutely, right that the urgency in the market's completely changed, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we had a property on the market um uh, over the last three weeks, which we just which is which just sold um, on Tuesday, and uh, usually you know, that type of property would sell in the first week. You'd probably get six seven offers, mm-hmm. um, maybe thirty inspections in sell, right? But uh, of that, of those inspections, we got ten, and 10? three were interested. And okay. they were genuine interest, but they took their time. They're like, you know, we need to talk to our broker, you talked to our conveyancer. So you, you had to work within their parameters as opposed to the agent being full control of, of, of the process. And that, yeah. that's completely fine. I mean, you've got to adapt, right? And um, and we still got over the line at, at, at very close to the high end of the range. So um, it, it's just taking a little bit more work now. And I think um, from a real estate perspective, um, for, from a, the industry perspective, I think it would just flush out um, the good agent or the bad agent. So you know, just, uh, <laughs> yeah, think yeah. that on Monday, and they did, they did. Uh, but now it, it does take a little bit of work as well. So engaging the right agent during the sales process during this market, I think,
0: is is more crucial than ever. Oh, absolutely. I think you that know we're. With- the <laughs> I know. I was say, that was very smooth, Andrew. <laughs> I'll let you off that one. <laughs> I'll let you off that one. Uh, but yeah, that uh, that that is indeed. I think as the as a changing tides, I guess you know we've we've gone from a very booming property market to a I guess back to a normal market. This is where typically you know the good agents survive and then a lot of the newest agencies started to die down. Same thing with brokers as well, right? Like we expected also a whole heap of brokers came out from nowhere for the last couple of years and then as things die down and unfortunately, you know, if they can't get business, then they have to look at shutting down. So that's just Definitely. normal part of the cycle. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, no, that's that's very interesting. But price-wise, because I know you're around Berwick area and there's a lot of own occupied demands in your area. So it's not mostly investor you know, type of people looking in the area. Yeah. It's mostly owner-occupier. So it sounds like the owner-occupier market side of things is still holding up quite well. We're not looking yeah. at like a 5 to 10% type of discounts in terms of prices at the moment, even though the speed of the offer is slowing down, but it's still achieving not too far yeah. from the peak prices or, you know, the high end of prices is what you're saying.
1: Correct, correct, absolutely correct. Um, and, and look, uh, there still are uh, a lot of investors in this market.
0: And mm-hmm. I remember
1: like pre-COVID, right? Yep. They were literally, I think, if you go back to our previous podcast, yep. there was literally no investors in the market. Mm. Uh, and we spoke about the reasons why for that. Uh, but since, since during COVID, I think during COVID, investors started coming back. And now we are seeing a lot more investors in the market. Okay. So it's, it's it's quite buoyant. I mean, um, and, and I think the reason for that is rents are, are pretty good, like yield, yes. yields are pretty good. And time on market for rent is non-existent, almost non-existent. Um, we had four properties for rent last week and they're all gone. As of yesterday, which was wow. Tuesday, Wednesday. they're all gone. So uh, that just speaks to the nature of the rental market at the moment. It is absolutely chaotic out there. Um, if, 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 if the sales market is, is, is um, showing signs of weakness, there's no signs of that in the, in the rental market at all. Mm. So investors are having a field day. We're doing about five to six rent increases a week now. Uh, for our properties, we just did one that increased rent by seventy dollars a week. Seventy dollars! Wow. That, yeah. That's market value. That's not the owner saying you. I need to pay for my interest or whatever. That's market value. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's insane, right? For four hundred dollar a week property to go to four seventy, you you work the mouse. That's
0: insane. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, I I feel it doing it tough for those uh tenants at the moment who's yeah. uh. $70 a week increase is not a small amount of money, i got to say, right? I think we're just so used to... I mean, you guys are probably used to like $10, $20 increase. That's kind of like the norm. But $70, mm-hmm. like how... Do you get much pushbacks from the tenants kind of go, or do they kind of understand, okay, well, if they have a jump on real estate.com, though, you have a look at what's available, they'll probably mm-hmm. see, yeah, okay, well, that's the market type of that's rent it. that you're getting, isn't it? That's so
1: it. Yeah, I mean, you're always going to get... Throw, I mean, with human nature, you're always going to get back with any expenditure that's put on you, right? But... Mm. Um, if, if you leave, decide to leave the property, and that's what you say, you go on real estate.com and you want to stay in the same area, you're paying the same anyway. So yep. it, that's it's just the nature of the beast in the, in the rental market at the moment. It is it is cruel, I admit that. But I mean our, our job is to act on behalf of our, our, our rental providers, as they call them here in, in Victoria now. Um, and that $70 is not due to greed or due to any pressures on the on the rental provider himself. It's
0: just due, due to the market. That's just the market. Yeah, just to, just yeah. yeah, okay, fair enough. What about uh, so so when you say the the gross rental return has gone up, what are you looking at at the moment? Like, um, let's say I don't know what's the average price of a Berwick three bedroom Berwick house, uh, that's kind of yeah. selling is about 900 800 900 K at the moment, yeah. So, we
1: just we just saw, we just sold a three bed in Berwick uh for 850. 850 uh,
0: the rent beginning on that is
1: 500. So, 500, okay, uh, I don't know if your math is better than mine, probably, <laughs> <which> is, uh, <laughs> but we we, we, we can Cut quickly letters. work it out, right? So, yeah. Uh, 500 times 52 divided by uh, 500 times 52 divided by 850. It's three three percent.
0: And it's that's a very standalone house, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, for Melbourne, yeah, for for Melbourne, I think that's pretty impressive. Uh, because yeah. I think Melbourne, for some bizarre reason, Melbourne's rent is always always seem to be you know comparatively low. We'll talk about mm-hmm. it, but but for berwick standard that's quite good what about the vacancy rate um, over there around berwick do you know do you know roughly the figures
1: always non-existent
0: no? mate like on, things sorry. that are going on the market are filling up
1: yeah like if we you know we, we've got properties where we don't even have to go to market we've already got a renter that's waiting to go in there wow um, we've got a long line of applicants who are solid applicants yeah like we met a we met a, a, a renter today um, in donnybrook which is which is in the north of Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, they had been out of final property for five months. Um, and their, five application, months. their application is solid. Like, you know, serviceability, yeah. uh, good rental history. It's solid, there's nothing wrong with it. It just so happens that they've met other renters or come a- across other renters that just have better serviceability than them mm. and uh, better rental history. So it's, it's a tough market. And we've got a lot of people waiting to get in. And we're finding that people are staying with their parents, like in one bedroom with two kids. Um, same with their parents, so it's it's
0: really tough rental market out there at the moment. That's why that's why you know most of them will still consider buying instead of renting because it's actually probably going to be easier to buy than rent in the current market, isn't it? Given the fact that there's less buyer demand in comparison to a total brutal rental market that you're going to have to try to find in like a dog's breakfast. <laughs> yeah, correct,
1: correct. And, and I, was, I, was, I was reading. The, I, I just saying before reading an article yeah. that uh, yes, yeah, some, some some rental some rental markets are more expensive than the mortgage itself. So if if someone's got the ability to afford a deposit, Mm. even if it's 5%, I know there's some schemes out there at a state and federal level now that allow you to buy a home with a 5% deposit. Mm. I think it's worth looking into most definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, the deposit and also I think actually... Funny enough, I know this week New South Wales has announced that uh, we're we're doing a stamp duty reform, and um, you know, for first home buyers, yeah. that is, yeah, yeah. And they're looking at scraping that and change that to annual land tax. Do you reckon that uh, could potentially come into Victoria if if that proves to be successful, or has there been talks from Victoria perspective to scrap stamp duty as well? Yeah, there's
1: I've heard some mumblings about it, but okay. I don't know.
0: I don't know how um, in-depth in, in the
1: discussion is. has been. Yeah. I, mean, I, I thought I'd seek your thoughts on that, David, turn the table a little bit, because I'd, I'd like to know what you feel the impact of, of that change is. I mean, obviously, there's no upfront payment for stamp duty, but to be spread along, across the long term, I, I, I my views is I, I thought that would be more beneficial for the government over long term, because giving them
0: more cash flow. Any revenue, correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, I think it's, uh, you know, stamp duty is probably one of the worst tax that people have to pay at the moment, right? But having said that, you know, uh, I think I saw an article this morning that the main calculator works out to be if you purchase a 1.5 mil property in Sydney, it will take you about 18 years to break even on the annual land tax versus the upfront stamp duty payment. So for some people, 18, yeah. So in other words, you know, <laughs> you you pay eighteen years of annual okay. land tax in order to be yeah. equivalent to how much you pay upfront on the stamp duty. Okay. So okay. that that was an interesting thing that I saw. That I read this morning. Uh, for mm. you know, like for most people, that probably makes sense. But if you hold, but, you know, if you're intending to hold the property a longer term, like especially as a property investor, right? If you mm-hmm. are intending to hold it twenty plus years, thirty plus years, because that's where the compound growth is going to kick in, then yeah. you're probably going to have to cop it a lot more in that sense. Personally, I mean, for me, I would still opt to choose to pay stamp duty upfront, just because it's a one-off fee uh, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Get it out of the way um, rather than having an annual land tax that I have to continuously pay as an ongoing stream yeah. of cash flow. But again, it depends on individuals, right? Like, you know, if you're struggling struggling to get that deposit, well, maybe this annual type of land tax is going to be is going to be more beneficial. And I think a lot of my clients, first time buyers especially, is actually welcoming this type of idea. Yeah. Uh, interesting yeah. enough, so.
1: Mm. Do you think it's going to push prices up though? I mean, every time the government, uh, even in Victoria, announce some sort of affordability policy, it always seems to push prices up because buyers go, "Well, I don't have to expend that much now for stamp duty. Yeah, I'll just put it towards the price of the home, the price
0: of the home, to to alleviate my competition, right? Yeah. Do you do you think that's going to have that effect? I reckon on the lower end side of things, probably Mm. it will. So, in other words, I reckon the units are probably the most beneficiaries out of it because in Sydney, the units are around you know, maybe the 500 to 800 or even 900 type of range, right? So people can afford to pay a bit more in that instance if they don't have to pay stamp duty. And therefore, that kind of price bracket is probably going to go up a bit more. Whereas the higher end of ranges, you know, uh, because it was capped at 1.5 mil. If you purchase a property that's over 1.5, and a lot of houses in Sydney at the moment is over 1.5, right yeah you probably want to get an entry house of 1.5 nowadays of anyway. <laughs> so so that yeah. side of things you know people probably do the numbers and go mm, doesn't make much sense i'm just going to pay that duty up front instead or, yeah. yeah so that's my view again you know um just yeah but it'll be interesting to see you know if that proves to be successful uh as a, as a scheme and um, um they're saying they're also saying that government could do more because at the moment it's only for first home buyers if you're looking at upgrading right. if you're looking at downsizing doesn't apply. Oh, You're still going to pay stamp duty. So, you know, a lot of them are saying hey, there's probably one-fifth of the property in Australia that is fully unencumbered, so no mortgage, yeah. but yeah. at the same time, there's like those houses got like two or three spare bedrooms, which is not being utilized, right? You're looking at those uh, those uh, Gen Xers or, you know, uh, basically baby boomers who wants mm-hmm. to downsize, but hey, if I downsize, I need to pay like 40, 50K off stamp duty. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. make much sense to me. So therefore, they do not want to downsize. So that's kind of like, you know, a problem in the longer run that if government introduces and, and works for all, including downsizers, I reckon yeah. that might create a bit of a shift in, in, and it will free up a lot more houses for people in general. Yeah. That's my view. Yeah, so,
1: makes sense. Makes what about sense, you? Yeah. What do
0: you think? If, if that gets applied to Victoria, that's just mm-hmm. for a simple second First on buyers, uh, yeah. if it gets applied to Victoria, what do you reckon it's going to have an impact?
1: Yeah, definitely. I I think prices will go up, particularly for the, the first home buyer market. First home buyer, yeah. I've, I've I've not ever seen in my ten years of experience in real estate a mm. home affordability uh, scheme make prices go down. Um, <laughs> so I, I I always I always say it's probably not about home affordability; it's about home accessibility. It's just yeah. making it more accessible. That, that's all it is. Yeah. Um, so. Um, even if they decide to cut stamp duty altogether, which it will never happen because it's one of the greatest uh, you know, avenues for, for revenue. Um, it, it will still increase prices. So I, I think we're, we're, we're just uh, in, in a tough world at the moment where I don't think there is much room for policy change or movement that will decrease prices mm-hmm. unless we over, over stimulate the supply side, yeah. um, which means we've got to, uh, you know, fork out more for infrastructure like down in Berwick down sort of the new end, Clyde Clyde North officer, there's a, there's a good decent amount of supply, still not enough, but the infrastructure's not catching up. Like there's just massive traffic down here. Yep. So there's there's I think we're we're decades behind in terms of our our suburban planning as yeah. well as infrastructure planning. And that's an issue for government, for state government in particular to work out. And you know if we leave this much longer, I think house prices are going to keep to continue to increase. Um, and supply is going to not keep with the times and as a result we're just going
0: to be talking about the same issues of home affordability for I think years to come. Mm, Especially with immigrants right like they're starting to open the borders now you know they obviously want to you know immigrants uh, bring in their families want to look at desirable areas to live in but obviously one of the options for them even though it's pretty expensive just kind of rent there but you know at least it's that's that's probably one of the main reasons why the rental is so tight at the moment as well. It? Mm, mm. Are you seeing a lot yep. of immigrants apply making the rental applications uh, side of things? Like or not yet. Not so yet. Um, okay. Not yet. Yes, pre-COVID,
1: yes. Pre-COVID, yes. Yeah. Um I I sold uh a, a, a- a lot of properties too to a lot of visa holders who, okay. who, 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 who could buy homes while they were working
0: here. Yes,
1: uh, but no, it's that's sort of dropped off. So uh, we're, we're meeting pretty a lot of people who lifestyle change, um, going from other suburbs to Bury because they're getting a bigger home, a bigger mm. land, working home, mm. um, downsizes, upsizes. Yeah, g- generally people who 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 um, who already have a residential place here and they're just moving from one place to another. It's just transitioning. Yeah. So no, I haven't. Like, yeah, I don't recall selling. Uh, any properties post-COVID to to uh, someone on a, a, a visa or or renting someone out to a member. Yep. no, you're, you're right. It's, it's it's changed.
0: I reckon, but- I mean, it's just a start at the moment, right? There might, there might be more coming and uh, we'll see how yeah. things go. At the end of the day, it's still a desirable place to live, especially yeah. from the world's perspective. They look at how COVID is now under control in Australia, whereas in the Southeast Asia side of things, it's still kind of been very rampant around that area. Yeah. So, you know, I think in the long run, it will continue to attract good immigrants coming in. Mm. And Melbourne traditionally has been one of the main first stop <laughs> in terms of immigrants <laughs> coming in. Whether they move to Brisbane or not is going to be another question later on. But uh, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's definitely one of the areas. Uh, yeah,
1: so. most definitely.
0: With bar uh, I know you specialize in Berwick. Do you know much about other areas of Melbourne in general? Like how, uh, how are prices up? like? Are there actually areas that actually soften a lot because I know Berwick has got a lot of own occupiers and desirable areas. So mm-hmm. they probably haven't, they probably won't be one of the first areas that gets impacted as interest rate continues to climb. What yeah. about other parts of Melbourne if you do you know much about um, that?
1: Mm. So, so what I generally watch out for, David, to, to, to find out when, when Berwick's going to you know, finally be affected by a price rise or a price drop mm. is I always look at the inner city. So Mel- Melbourne has a particular trend and it's probably the same in Sydney too, I'd say, mm-hmm. is when clearance rates start dropping in the inner city, Yes, it, it's probably a flow on effect about six months before it starts to get to an area like Berwick. Okay. So um, uh, in the last 12 months, I'd say, you know, in, in, the, in the inner city areas that you're are two raccoon irises, um, around that area... Clearance rates were about that sort of early to mid-80s percent. It's very, very strong. Mm. Uh, in the last four weeks, I've noticed that they've gone to about the, the high 60s to high the low 60s. 70s. Okay. So it's still good. Like, I think anything in the 70s is still pretty yeah. reasonably, reasonably strong, right? Uh, but when you start dropping into the high 50s, low 60s, that's when you, you start getting worried. So mm. I would say whatever we're seeing now in the inner city uh, with that sort of high 60s, low 70s clearance rates, we're going to start to see in Berwick, within the next four to six
0: months.
1: Mm, okay. Um, so we're, we're definitely, yes, the market's definitely softening, and we, we definitely haven't reached the bottom of the trough yet. Uh, that's probably another 12 months away. Okay. And then, as, as it always happens in Melbourne, um, there's, there's another boom. So... Um, you know, <laughs> Before if you, you realise, right? if, you, if you're a property investor here, you know, you have nothing to worry about in Melbourne. Melbourne trending long-term is always increasing. Yeah. You know There will yeah. be peaks and troughs in any markets, whether that's, you know, shares, um, bonds crypto whatever right it's it, there's peaks and troughs just some greater peaks and greater troughs uh, but i generally find melbourne's a pretty safe area to invest in and if you're planning to hold your investment for long term you've got nothing to worry about yeah. i guess um the markets that, that should really take advantage of what's happening now are first time buyers uh and people wanting to get into the investment market mm. because yeah prices are softening but rents are like great right so yeah uh if you if you look if you've got you know some cash um that you want to invest or you feel like you've got some equity you want to take advantage advantage of then i think buying an investment property maybe now or maybe wait that three to six months uh i think there's really some going to be some really good opportunities there
0: uh compared to what you could have found six six 12 months ago yeah no absolutely i i think you know if If the rates do go up high, you know, maybe another, say, 2%, 1%, 2%, there's going to be a lot of people, unfortunately, is going to be swimming naked, right? And that's when we all know (laughs) who's going to have a problem in terms of affording their their, their mortgages repayments. And I think at the moment, it's actually wise to keep some cash available because I reckon there'll be some really good deals that's coming. Um, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I'd be interested to see where rates go, actually, because I've, I've been speaking to um, our mortgage brokers down here mm. uh, and I see your thoughts on this too, but they're adamant, they're adamant that, the, that interest rates won't go above 4%. They're saying that if it, if it, if it does, then uh, yeah, a lot of people will be swimming naked and the whole, the whole housing market's just going to go AWOLs, mm. uh, you know, just crash. So, I mean, do you feel like it's going to go above 4 Because we're what? We're about that 2.5, 2.7 now with the bank rate.
0: That's the interest rate rises. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, what well, we're. So the official cash rate at the moment is 0.85, mm-hmm. right? We've had a 0.25 yeah. and we had a 0.5. Um, and I think a lot of the owner occupied mortgages mm-hmm. are now trending towards 3%. I'm already seeing some at three, probably mostly at high two. So it's actually not that far from 4%, I could oh, say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just another 1% increase is going to have that impact. But having said that, um, whether RBA you know I think RBA is going to go in strong early and they want to get that you know they want to get inflation under control that's the main thing yeah. ultimately I don't think they want to raise interest rate to kill the economy because that's the last thing they want to of do course, is to put thing. everyone to recession right <laughs> and then drop interest rates again <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah. there's actually a funny thing saying like, I think uh, was it one of the Westpac economists to say you know in two years time they probably have to drop interest rates again to, to keep things yeah. going to get the economy back alive right Um, But how high would it go this time? I don't know. Um, Depends on the whole Ukraine, Russia situation because that's mainly the supply chain issue, which nobody knows. Uh, But the whole world is basically what we're doing is we're back to a normal normalization cycle. Like we're coming out from the emergency and we're back into more of a one to two percent type of cash rate ranges. And I, I keep telling my client, you need to get used to it. This is this is back to normal. This is this is the normal, right? <laughs> what we what what people have experienced, and they thought the rates will never rise. That's not normal. That's that's the emergency setting. So that's why a lot of people are kind of like, oh, I'm so scared. You know, like uh, you know, if it goes up another one to two percent, how is going to impact? Give them that confidence. To say, hey, when banks assess your finance, they actually increase. They actually use a three percent buffer in that sense. Yeah. So they test, they stress test you. on top of what you're currently paying in terms of the interest Mm -hmm. rates. Okay. So that's the buffer that they have put in to make sure that you don't go bankrupt. You don't go, you don't need to force sell the home. And I think at the moment, there's a lot of sentimental, um, sentiment type of stress. Uh, But when people get used to it, when people work out, uh, okay, well, I can actually afford it. And when that Mm -hmm. becomes a new norm, um, they'll get over it. And then the, yep. the other good thing is I think wage wage growth is also kicking in as well. So, you know, people are negotiating for better wages because, you know, inflation and everything. So they need to. And, um, yeah, and again, you know, they just need to make sure that they do a household budget. Next 6 to 12 months is not going to be easy. Everyone's mm. going to have to, everyone will feel that pain. Um, we all do. Mm. Like every one of us who have got mortgages, we all do yeah. as, as rate keeps on going up. But having said that, uh, yeah, in, in the long run, you know, I think it will just be a what they call, you know, this will be like a blip. And then when people get used to it, they'll forget it. They'll get on with life and they'll say, <laughs> right, where can I invest next? Yeah. So yeah. It's back to that, normal. That always seems
1: to be the case in that. Yeah. yeah. And then you're absolutely right. I mean, I think we've had the benefit of low interest rates for like 10 years now and uh getting out of it is 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 a difficult predicament but yeah everyone would just readjust because yeah. uh, i keep i keep getting told when i do, do appraisals you know for people who are in their you know 50, 60, 70s now oh andrew you know this is normal when, when i was you know blah blah <laughs> we are paying 19% interest rates i'm like yeah yeah <laughs> i get told that story every time so i think 3 4 5% i think that's um yeah, that's a sobering reminder that uh, people were now you know 20 what 30 what 30, 40 years ago we're paying really high interest rate so yeah
0: yeah and, and, and funny enough at that point when when interest rate goes up to 19 percent that was that was also when inflation is out of control right yeah. so very similar to this time except um you know that that time they weren't able to get it up to control so they had to push that up so much but yeah. imagine if it goes back up to even just ten percent interest rate. Like there'll be so many old people will have to like live on the streets, right? And that's yeah. going to cause yeah. a society issue. Yeah. I don't think I don't think RBA RBA's got a bunch of very intelligent people. They're not gonna they're gonna make it to that level. They're trying to seek a balance at the moment by pushing hard up early to try to get the inflation beast under control. But then after that's under control, we'll just leave it as is. So yeah, and maybe drop dial down a little bit so the economy can get reactivated. People will have to spend again. Business will mm. boom again. That's the kind of idea, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's a nice um, optimistic outlook, anyway. That's good. I think we always got like an optimistic that. outlook, mate. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, no, no, it's awesome. Um, any other things to add, uh, Andrew, in terms of the current Melbourne market or around Burwick, or what's your advice for investors at the moment? What do you reckon? Like, if people are looking around Burwick, what's actually what sort of property should they be looking in the current environment? Should they be investing in for longer term protection? based on your yeah. personal experience.
1: Yeah. Well, my my personal experience and look, agents who sell off the plan, they're going to hate me for this. But um sticker st- st- of of apartments, particularly Absolutely. one bedroom apartments. Mm. Like uh, I remember pre-COVID, I, I helped sell um this this development in Brunswick and they were like these tiny shoe boxes, right? But everyone mm. was like falling over them. Um, and yeah, it was my job to sell them, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean I just don't see the growth out of them. Even okay. even in, in a hot market, they just don't grow that much. Yep. So, you know, as an, as an investment, they, I think they're pretty poor investments. I think what that product is suitable for is someone who might be single or maybe a young couple who work in the city, you know, who need that accessibility for transport, you know, don't really have a car, don't, don't go anywhere outside the city to visit friends or family but for recreational purposes. I think it's a great product. Mm-hmm. But as an investment, they're, they're really poor products. So if you're going to look at an apartment, I would say at least two bedrooms plus, um, it, it, you know, is it, something to, to look at. But anything less than that, Um, I'd steer clear of Um, and outer suburbs. I think, I think there's a great untapped potential in the West of Melbourne as well. I look at, I look at, you know, from the city to Berwick, you're looking about 55 kilometers. Yeah. So it's about on a good day, about 40 minutes to get in. Like you draw that radius from the center of the Melbourne CBD to the West. There's literally nothing out there in terms of houses, right? They're all getting, it's all getting developed. Like you think, 10, 20, 30 years time, that area is going to be, it's going to boom. It's going to boom. Like it just has to, it just mm. has to mirror what's happening on the Southeast. Yes. Granted the infrastructure in Melbourne's East is much better, but it will catch up. It'll catch up. Like property prices are, are quite cheap compared to what they are in the Southeast. But if you're savvy enough to buy a good buy, it they get a new home, take advantage of the depreciation schedule, you know, the capital growth is, is going to be, uh, multiple time fold. Once you decide to tell, sell, when you retire. You know whether it's a 10, or 15, 20 year investment. It, it's going to definitely pay off. Mm. Um, I, I do think if you're buying in the southeastern suburbs, it's a lot. It's a lifestyle choice, really, because you want to be in, in the in the center of, of, of Melbourne where it's all happening. But yep. if you're looking you in terms of making money, like if you're an investor in Brisbane or Sydney or you know Perth, and you're looking to make an investment, you're going to do what's right for the dollars, right? And that's that's look for the opportunities. Yeah, and there's there's not really that many cheap opportunities. We're looking at three percent yield, and we're like, yeah, that's pretty good. But you probably can go out to you can go out to the Melbourne's west, and you can get four five percent yield, right? Yeah. Better yields, yeah, probably better capital growth over long term mm. as well, because they're starting from a low point. Mm. Um, I think there's, there's massive opportunity out that way. Uh, but look, that's not going to stop people buying the southeast. East. The no. southeast is always going to be a, a popular spot to buy for investors and for home occupiers, too. So, uh, that, that'd be my hot tip, uh, long term tip. Maybe review this this podcast in 10 years.
0: And- <laughs> <laughs> in a few years' time, I'm sure we'll bring it on and we'll, we'll have to look at that. But, uh, yeah, look, I do agree with you from numbers perspective, it makes sense. Um, but I think, and this is one of the myths about Melbourne, right? Like, if you guys have gone all the way out to the east side of the extrapolated, like, I think even up to 70 kilometers. But yeah. the West, like you know, you have you still got a whole block of land that's kind of like it's probably only go up to twenty kilometers or or, or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, I think it is more like a demographic issue because the West doesn't or the West price will never match the East for specific for certain reason. Um, there's just I don't know whether the Melbourneians just prefer the East uh, a lot more and it's got established infrastructures, better demographics. That kind of stuff that's attracting and they always thought that the western side of melbourne is kind of like the lower social demographic not as desirable etc etc like what's I, I reckon that's that's a myth to me to be honest why would people always want to go like if you just buy even 70 kilometers out to the east when you can yeah. probably get something more like a 20 or 25 kilometers to the west from yeah. investment that makes sense but there must be something that i'm missing and i'm not joining the dots here no Do I, 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 I don't think you're missing anything
1: david you're right it's it's, it's infrastructure. Okay. It's the fact that it's established, it's the fact that it's got history, yeah, and it's what okay. people know, right? It's, it's just like in, in Brisbane, uh, I lived there for, for quite a while. Is if you, if you live on the South Side of the River, you've got to stick on the South Side of the River, yeah. right? If you live on the North Side of the River, you're not going to consider buying a house on the South Side of the River, even though they're like 20 minutes apart. Yeah, it's it's yeah. just bizarre. It's just how, how people think. Uh, but okay. the, the, the reason why Melbourne's West is, is like how it is, it's just because it's just started later than the East. Okay. So you just have to extrapolate. What happened in the East twenty years ago? That's what's happening in the West now. So mm, mm. yeah, if you're talking about lower socioeconomic, look, twenty years ago was Berwick where it is now? It's not. Yeah. yeah even Changes. even even ten years ago, uh, seven years ago, when I was selling a property in Berwick, what I was selling for eight fifty now was selling for four fifty then. So it's it's just it's just because it's 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 lacking time. That's yep. all it is. So okay. if people can can. Um, you know, people understand that that obviously money takes time to build There's no quick, you know, no quick get yeah. quick, quick, quick schemes. It's got to pay off in the long run. Um, I, I don't think it's a prediction that um I feel like I'll get wrong. I mean a lot of other people say as well, but it just it just gets keeps getting ignored because it doesn't have the infrastructure. Yes, yes, granted, it doesn't have the history yet. Um, and it just people don't know about it yet. But you know. The investments are always too late when you're jumping on when everyone else is jumping on, mm, right? Exactly. You Jump on before everyone jumps on. Like with Bitcoin, when people were jumping on when they were like a dollar, they're laughing. Yeah, you know, even even if it's dropped now by what sixty percent over the last six months, yeah, yeah. they're still laughing. It's are still laughing. So um, if you can take advantage of all, of all that and understand you know how property the property market grows over time, in ten years
0: you'd be laughing. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely i think that's really really wise advice and i'm sure i've, I've looked at melbourne west before previously actually um uh, but um and, and i remember i was looking at sunshine this was back in about 2017 sunshine sunshine west around that area houses were selling about 300 something thousand uh, dollars you know it was yeah. like yeah i know it's, it was yeah. looking ridiculous but because of the yield you know i think i was still i was still because i was coming from brisbane at that point in time we're looking we used yeah. to like six percent seven percent type We i was like 4% you are you kidding me? <laughs> so I keep looking further away. That's why I hit Geelong and I finally ended up something buying in Geelong and, you know, yeah. it was really good as well, by the way. So i uh, will leave that story to another time. Yeah. No, thank you, Andrew. Look, uh, that's really, really helpful uh, and really wise advice as well. Thank you for your updates. I'm sure we'll bring you back in a couple of months' time just to uh, keep, keep track of what's really happening with the uh, Melbourne Heartbeat. Um, hmm. And for everyone else, uh, thank you for tuning in today. Uh, if you got any comments for us or Andrew, uh, just feel free to comment below, uh, let us know. And uh, if you like our contents, don't forget to like and subscribe. Um, otherwise we will see you guys again in another episode of Spark Your Fire.